Hi, um, my name is Jose Rafael Ochoa Neri. And I am Ariana Lopez. And we are here to welcome you into our first episode of our podcast. No one gets away with anything. Nobody gets away with anything. Uh, so uh, this first episode is a little bit about who we are first to, for you to get to know us. And our main topic of conversation was emotional stability. Yes, you will start off the episode hearing Ariana talking about empathy and then mm. my replies to that. Uh, we really hope you enjoy it. We will be with you every Monday. Monday. Um, I will let her speak because I always get it wrong. And uh, we hope to see you back here uh, next week. And hope you enjoy the episode. It's a topic that it relates to what you were saying before. It's like, how far can your empathy go? I try to help people, right? When they tell me their problems, I go back being as drained as they were. So I'm okay, trying to put yourself in someone else's position. But those are the drawbacks of empathy. Exactly, but I'm okay, can you improve that and still be as helpful? I mean, yes, but there's two things. You said the limit of empathy, and the limit of empathy is pain. ¿Por qué? Porque aunque hayas pasado por ese pain, you can never put yourself back there. Yo sufro migrañas. Okay. Y yo te puedo decir que migraña es una mierda, pero yo nunca puedo escribirte exactamente lo que es una migraña. Y sí. tipo, that's the thing about pain. Pain is debilitating. It makes words not work. Mm -hmm. Entonces, pain, I think pain is the, like, end of empathy. Como que llega un punto de que you can, te puedes sentir mal por la persona y puedes entender lo que estás sintiendo, pero muy ya, ya. difícilmente vas a, tipo, sentir el mismo dolor, pues. No, no, estoy de acuerdo contigo, pero lo que quiero decir es como que cuando tú intentas ayudar a alguien, ¿verdad? Uh -huh. Y escuchas a esta persona, no sé qué, lo que estamos hablando antes. Y después, ser, em, tratar de ser empático, porque es eso, como que al final nunca vas a estar en su posición, te termina afectando a ti. Obvio. Ajá. Entonces, por lo menos, esto, ok, this is how I felt, ¿verdad? Te pones en una situación incómoda porque no sabes si seguir ayudando a esta persona y perjudicarte a ti mismo, o... Abandonar a esta persona que te importa mucho, o sea, abandonar entre comillas, pues tipo esto. Sí, no. set, set limits. Ajá, limit, limit your like communication. Exposure. Exacto, exacto, exposure, exacto. exposure es la palabra. Y preserve your own mental health. Entonces, can you consciously put a limit into your empathy? O sea, como seguir escuchando la misma información y estar menos afectado al respecto. Te sorprendería. Eh, yo tengo una. Este, mi novia uh -huh. es increíblemente empática pero tiene una estabilidad emocional, tipo, she's very, she's the opposite of volatile. Ok. Es demasiado estable. Sí, hasta cuando le pasa algo a ella, tipo, es demasiado estable y es como que, ok, esto está sucediendo, vamos a verlo de manera objetiva. Yo, tú me cuentas que se te murió tu perro y me pongo a llorar. Me mm -hmm. explico. Entonces, I think it depends more on personality than it actually does on how you do things, pero I guess that, de la misma manera que an introverted person can act extroverted, and make it and become an extrovert. Hay muchos profesores que hacen eso. Uh, there's a great TED talk by a man named uh, Doolittle, uh, funny enough, uh, que literalmente habla como he's an introvert, as introvert as you can be, and he becomes an extrovert to give his classes because it makes people pay attention to you. Mm. Pero I think the same could be applied to emotional stability. You could act like an emotionally stable person wow. and you probably will become an emotionally stable person. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you become it. 
Okay. It's an MUN uh, thing. Nuestra delegación siempre tipo fake it till you make it, and then alguien dijo como que fake it till you become it. Beautiful. We, we went on to win eight of nine awards that, that year. That's <laughs> Pero me da mucha fama el mundo de la, de la vida de Caracas, pues tipo, que la gente, la metro se está yendo a Harvard, me da mucha fama. Mis niñitos del Jefferson. Ganaron. Ganaron 8 de 9 premios. Estoy picadísimo, yo quiero volver a Boston. <risa> Aunque fue. Ay, Boston no. fue mi primer ataque de pánico. Sí, bueno, me lo toco para. Descubrí que la café, no puedo tomar cafeína. De verdad, I don't nada. Drink I drink too much coffee. <risa> I drink tea. Tease my thing. Okay. Pero no puedo. Tipo, yo tomo cafeína y el día siguiente estoy a más shaking mess. Literalmente. Me da ataques de pánico. So the first time you had coffee was an MU1? No, the first time I overdosed on, <laughs> on caffeine. O sea, y no comí. O sea, comí. No, que sí. pero es que, a ver, maybe caffeine was not the problem, ¿no? Huh? Yeah, maybe. Eh, y eran como muchas cosas y aparte yo sentí. O sea, I, 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 did, I did very well. Tipo. I dominated my committee. I did everything I had to do, uh, and I, I didn't win. I remember and this. it was, and the, the worst part is, yo le di clases a todos los niños con las que estuvieron conmigo delegando. Mm. Entonces como que I and, y estaba mi hermano. Entonces mi hermano tampoco ganó. I couldn't break down. Tipo, I had to remain the emotionally figure. stable. Emotion, exactly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I had to remain emotionally stable, and it took everything I had. Y después me emborraché con unas mexicanas. Apunta de Red Bull Vodkas, porque you just had to top it off. Y fue horrible. Okay. Lo único positivo fue que toda la vuelta, todo el camino de vuelta lo pasé borracho. <laughs> el avión yeah. de, 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 de Copley a Miami mm -hmm. estuve sonado. Interesting. Which was fun. Which was fun. Have you ever been to therapy before? Yes. My parents got divorced, so I had therapy when I was 11. Always wanted to go back, never had the time, which is a lie. You always have the time, you have to make it, but uh, yes. You? I I did. I started going to therapy when I was deciding if I wanted to come or not. But My brother did something similar. Therapy is very good for that kind of stuff. Yes, and I realized that I learned like two days ago that my university, like you have eight free sessions per semester. And it's like, I want to do it, but at the same time, I'm intimidated by the idea of it again. Why? Porque es distinto ir a terapia cuando tienes una, algo que te molesta a ir a terapia solo porque quieres ir a terapia. Es como que, you're gonna face monsters that you did not know were there. Y, honestly, it's like, how do you even begin the conversation? It's like, I'm here because I want to learn about myself. How do you develop? <laughs> My mom has a really great saying about therapy. Mira, la terapia es como ir al dentista. Dos veces al año para chequear que todo está funcionando bien. Hay una profesión dedicada a la terapia y no está hecha para que tú ni siquiera tengas que... Ya el hecho de hacer el esfuerzo de ir, te da lo suficiente como para que alguien empiece a hablar contigo. You have a medical history, you have a family. There's certain human axioms that you can work with. Es decir, eres persona, piensas, eres consciente. Ok, ¿en qué piensas? There you go, ahí empiezas. Eh, pero a mí me parece que lo más importante, y no sé, lo que mi mamá me dijo siempre en la terapia, especialmente cuando era pequeño, que me tocó ir siendo muy pequeño, es como que terapia nadie te va a arreglar. O sea, en la terapia en verdad nadie te va No es como cuando vas al médico, pero yo fui un niño uh, uh, extremely prone to accidents. Yo me quemé el ojo, me abrí el dedo, me abrí la barbilla, oh me abrí la nariz. O sea, I'm fucked up in many ways. Um, 
Um, my mom always told me, you're not going to go in there to get fixed. You're going in there to get the tools to fix yourself. Yes. And to say, think of it as like going to the store in a game. Like yeah. you're buying ammunition. You're not. Because if you think about tackling your monsters, it's like, wow, really? You're going to get really far looking at a dragon in the face? No, you have to see it like, voy a terapia, voy a hablar con mi amiga la terapeuta. Yeah, fair enough, también, sí, tienes toda la razón. Pero bueno, este... I had an eating disorder. You had an eating disorder? Yes. When I was a kid, I was a very chubby child. Really? Yes, I very... Todavía tengo los cachetes enormes, pero they were even bigger than they are now. Y yo siempre sentía como que all of my friends were like... They had flings with boys, como que boys were like looking up to them and stuff. And I felt like, you know, nobody was doing that with me. ¿verdad? Of course, okay, I get it, yeah. Este... I had a similar childhood. Bueno, and even if they were, but they never told me, which I learned in the future, <laughs> este... yeah. it was something that always affected me. I was like, why is every, like, not everybody, it was even like two girls, you know, was like, but you felt like everybody yes. was getting something that you did not get. So I started like, you know, trying to fix myself. ¿verdad? And I was in sixth grade when this started, eh, like finales. But I went too full on. So I had like, okay, I wanted to stop being chubby. And then I had too much information in my hands, which I definitely did not know how to handle. <laughs> yeah, o sea, era como que unlimited Sasha Fitness. Entiendes? Todo lo que decía, pero take it to the extremist. Like, yeah. to the most extreme you the, can. The coffee coffee and, and galleta is a diet, you know? Bueno, o sea, lo peor es que no. Because I was convincing myself that I was eating properly because I was eating everything. Pero I was eating like... O sea, no estaba comiendo suficiente. Yo pasé dos años sin que me diera la menstruación. Dos... It's like, it was bad. Y ahorita, tipo, I can speak about it, but like, before, I didn't even acknowledge that I had something, you know? Porque nunca fue anorexia, nunca fue bulimia, como que... It was but it was not, still wrong. But it was still wrong. Like, I was on the border of everything. Yeah. Entonces, sabes, progresivamente era como que me iba quitando alimento. Era como que, sabes, before I could eat a pizza, now I did not. Este, antes, I could have like, an, no sé, una cachapa de desayuno, y después era como que no, mamá. Don't give me that. And if she was going to give me something that I felt like was unhealthy, I would not eat. Llegó un punto en el que estaba tan mal que querían hacer una pizza en mi casa. So I was not even like takeaway pizza. Homemade pizza. And I started crying because I had nothing else to eat. And so it was like really bad because my relationship with food was like, this, if this is going to make me fat, then I definitely like under no circumstances consume this. And I could not enjoy. So tipo, un dulce para mí era como, how could you even eat that? No me provocaba nada. Súper super como flagelante. Exacto, pero llegó un punto en el que estaba tan internalizado que I did not see it as a punishment. I just saw it like as a lifestyle. Y bueno, o sea, I recovered, if you want to say something, like, agosto 2019, pues. Wow. Y bueno, todavía siento que mi relación con la comida sigue... Eh, so there's a scar. Of course. Sí. I have a scar right here. Here, there were those there. <laughs> I was depressed when I was a kid, fifth grade, sixth grade, more or less the same time, you know, when insecurities come from everywhere and it's fun. Um, no sé, okay, this is, the real story is really weird because, you know, you tell a story and then there's the real story. Yeah, sí. You know, we're talking about empathy being a bit too much. Yes. I took empathy a step too far. I had a friend, she was depressed. Mm -hmm. So I tried to understand the way her mind worked and 
because I wanted to help her because I liked her because yes. I was a kid and I, the same I was a little chubby bullied little kid <laughs> and so whenever there was somebody that actually paid attention to me I immediately fell in love and this girl was amazing we wished to watch like movies and shit it was pretty good friendship but of course in your mind you make it platonic etc and I, I noticed that she had a problem immediately you want to fix it and so it was like like from perspective you shouldn't fix her problem but I wanted to understand what like mm-hmm. was going on and she used to tell me little by little like oh I'm depressed and this and this and she told me one day that she wanted to cut herself and I didn't understand how that worked and it was just the time tipo justo cuando empezamos todos a Instagram y yo me metí en Instagram y yo empecé a buscar tipo cutting yourself en Instagram y yo encontraba cuánta gente que lo hacía y lo que yo hacía era meterme en el comment section y decir como que hey don't do that you're beautiful etc And I learned that, you know, if you're a good person and you surround yourself with negative energy, it can really pull you down. <laughs> and it began, I don't know, fifth, sixth grade. And I began cutting myself. I almost cut my cart, like, by mis tendones. Sí. Yes. Pero te cortabas en vertical. No. Because I had no idea what I was fucking okay, saying. But no. I was a little kid. Um, then I got smart about it. Because you do. My mom asked, oh, what happened? And I was like, okay, we need to get smart about this. And I realized, where is a place? I looked at it from that perspective. It was no me cortar las piernas las piernas es un lugar que aparte de que te ve todo el mundo es un lugar que puedes sangrar full fácil okay. los brazos classic cliche más bien I circled myself y me di cuenta de como cuatro personas en mi clase que lo hacían porque lo tenían en los brazos y era tipo respondías una pregunta y era que ah you cut yourself wow. it, it was something it, it was both a really good thing in my life porque it led me to understand that even the people that I looked up to in my class had the same problems as me mm-hmm. But also, it was really bad because I, I was really depressed. Mm-hmm. My dad had gone, my parents had gone divorced. My dad came to live in Spain. So I didn't have like a real male figure, figure for a very long time. My mom was amazing though, but still. And um, I decided to start cutting my shoulders because I was a goalkeeper. I'd bang them up anyway, so who cares? And uh, it got pretty bad at some point. I can, again, talk about it today. Actually, the, the, I think the moment I was past it completely, sorry. Fue un día con mi papá, que mi papá obviamente estas cosas no sabía nada porque estaba viendo acá. Un día cuando me mudé, unos seis meses después de haberme mudado, que estábamos hablando y por XYZ mi papá como que me decía, como que sabes, no tienes idea de lo que estás hablando porque tú eres muy pequeño, no has vivido y yo... O sea, tú no tienes la mitad de idea de lo que es cosas que yo he vivido. Y entre esas cosas le han dicho. como que, mira, yo estuve deprimido y me corté y tú no tuviste ni idea. Y como que poder admitírselo a tu papá es como algo tan... I don't know. It was very fulfilling for me to say it. Pero uh, the same empathy that got me into it, got me out of it. Porque tenía una amiga que, again, también me gustaba. Eh, seeing a trend there. Eh, que sí, estaba cortando. Y los dos prometimos no cortarnos más. And I never did again. She did, but I never did. Yeah. Wow. But entonces la de cortarse tipo was a thing. It was a thing. For a lot of people. I remember one girl that did it, but I think that apart from her there was like no one. But tipo being depressed so little, I feel like by the time I did not even like have a notion of what it meant. Well yeah, but I was always a say no sé, yo siempre fui un niño muy adelantado. O sea, yo tenía nueve años y me he afeitado. 
de la misma manera que uh, yo estaba en sexto grado y estaba leyéndome un libro el fin de semana. O sea, mi vida siempre fue como... Aparte, era, me, los niños jugaban fútbol y yo... Sí, a veces jugaba fútbol, pero a veces me gustaba irme con los papás y hablar paja con los papás. Mm -hmm. este, I was always like that. Pero siento que muchísima gente de mi clase le pasó lo mismo. También mm. nuestra sociedad es particular. Ya, sí, total, estoy totalmente de acuerdo. Y... It has its pressures. And it's really shitty stuff. Yo el otro día estaba hablando con un amigo y I was telling him, like, I feel like now, at least from my perspective, We have way too many necessities covered and way too much time to fill. And at least for me, that means time to create yourself problems. Because if you have no like biological problems to cover, it's like, okay, you have a house, you have food, you have education, you... Yeah, math was pyramid. Exactly. And then you have a bunch of free time. It's like, you can be with friends and stuff, but it's like, I have found myself creating uncomfortable situations to get over y when you create your own problems then they can become any type of problems like, o sea como esta espiral de pensamientos negativos where boredom finds a flaw and the flaw becomes something that you cannot get rid of blah, 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 blah. it's called intrusive thinking exactly and then I go back and it's like I talk to it about my mom because I say like I tell my mom everything and she's like you know but it's like why why are you thinking like that and then I I realized that for them it was very simple life. It was like, you go, you study, you work, you find someone you marry, and then you have children. And that's life, you know? It's like, you cannot, it get, doesn't get much more complicated than that. And then like, unless someone is sick, unless someone like you run out of resources or something. It's like, for us, there's like so much freedom, so much to discover, that you find yourself being overwhelmed by so much of it. I was, I was reading John Green, uh his last book, um, The Anthropocene Reviewed, and he has a line that says, consciousness is much more a filter than it is a camera. Elaborate. A lot more of what is being captured is filtered out than you think. Mm -hmm. And the same thing happens when you're old, and I don't mean old as in, oh, I mean, when you're a parent and your problems are different, you forget that you were 20, And that your life revolved around the single most disturbing flaw that you could find. It's normal. I don't think that our problems are different from our parents. It, it would be like saying that there was no emotional complexity in the 1500s. Or the 1700s. I mean, Shakespeare existed for a reason. It's like, drama. Okay, 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 you, have, you have a fair point. You do have a fair point. But see, the one we have more necessities covered than anyone ever. And we do make problems for ourselves. Solamente que I think that's kind of what you have to do. I think cuando lo piensas así, it, it sounds easy cuando lo dicen, como, como se dice fácil. Mm -hmm. O sea, eso de este, te vas al país, estudias, trabajas, consigues alguien con quien casarte y tienes hijos. Esas cinco cosas son probablemente las cinco decisiones más importantes de tu vida y ninguna de ellas es fácil. O sea, irte del país puede ser uno de los años más difíciles que me han pasado en la vida. Trabajar es horrible e increíble al mismo tiempo. Estudiar es un work of passion. O sea, te tiene que encantar lo que estás haciendo si no, en verdad, no lo haces. Porque vives solo o vives con roommates, pero en verdad manejas tu propio tiempo y dices, si no quieres estudiar, no estudias. O sea... It seems very simple, but uh, there's a movie that I love. 
about time and I think uh-huh, yes the, the movie the romantic movie yes the the husband can travel through time mm-hmm. okay and his his final uh solution come okay every the, the movie goes something like the male heir the first male born of the line becomes a time traveler okay and his dad tells him all about how his uncles and grandparents etc used it to make money and find all the knowledge in the world. His, his father used it to read as many books as possible and he wanted to use it to find love. And then uh, when you get to like a certain point, it's like, what are you using it for anymore? And he realized that to have the perfect day, he had to wake up in the morning and relive the day as if he couldn't go back to it anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of detail you have to have with these things. Like finding somebody to marry is you probably have four people in your life like that. Like four people, you say, they are encompassing enough that you can say, well, yes, I'll spend the rest of my life with you. And taking into consideration that every time you delay the decision, more time passes and less, less life you have to pass with that person. It's, it's very complicated when you think about it. Your work, you spend most of your life doing that. So if you don't work, it means a lifetime of suffering. But you can also change. Yeah, yeah you, you can. But there's a struggle. It's mm-hmm. like... People, me da el feeling, especialmente últimamente que estoy trabajando y estudiando, a veces me pasa que me pongo a pensar y digo, ah, no estoy haciendo nada. Y dices, no, I'm doing a lot. Solamente que I don't have enough time to make problems for myself right now. And which my point was that contending with yourself maybe is exactly what you're supposed to do. Como que maybe you live alone to find out how to silence yourself and hear yourself enough that you don't go crazy, but you don't become stale. I don't know, that was a lot. No, it's true, <laughs> it's true. It's like when I arrived, I think that I was, I was writing about it today. It was like my first semester here, I feel like there was two verses of myself. One that I did not want to deal with and another one that I did like. Every time the one that I did not like was triggered, the only thing that could like silence it down was time. Now that I came back, I feel like, one, there's no two versions of me. There's one version of me okay. that can deal with my problems and be, like, at peace at the same time. And second, something that did not happen the last semester to me is, like, I am enjoying spending time with myself. I don't feel like I have to fill every free time gap I have with either being with my friends or um, going grocery shopping or talking to someone. It's like, now that I have dealt with... What I did, I think that I can deal with myself a little bit more. And I think that's beautiful. That's very good. Yes. And I feel like it had not happened in a very long while. Hmm. Okay, a time where you really felt happy. When I was a little kid. I was thinking little kid? I was thinking, like, I got from school, and the fact that my mom bought me an ice cream made me the happiest human being on earth. It's like, mm, true. there were so many little things that could improve my mood so much and just like my day all of my days were simple like none of them was life-changing a compilation of them was but by then it's like you were not thinking what you think now it's like if you have a simple day it's like i am not closer to becoming the person i want it's like there's so much pressure in you it's like you want every day to mean something back then it was just like no today means happy today means happy well, today's means like i had a good meal i'm happy that's it 
Exactly. I, I, I teach really young kids sometimes, and they're like five, six years old, or whatever. They come into the classroom, hey, how are you? Happy. The answer is always happy, and I'm like, how the hell? But yeah, I don't know. I was thinking, yes, I was having this conversation with a friend, like, not so long ago, and he was telling me, like, I've always suffered from anxiety, so I don't relate to that. But I have been thinking a lot about it, because it's like, now, even if you give me something that I really, like, something small that I really appreciate, it's like, if I buy something new, which before was so meaningful, it's like, I did not get the same um, reward or, like, the same feeling I used to get when I was a kid. So it's like, I think that I can learn from that time of my past, And although I'm not aiming to replicate it, I do think that that simplicity by then is something that can make me like really a more um, emotionally stable person. Oh, yeah. Back to emotionally stability. <laughs> wow. Um, there was this idea. Again, I told you I had a bit of an obsession with Jordan Peterson. Uh, so he says this thing. He says, okay, three things about yourself that you could be, make better right now. Oh, no, no, no. It can be anything. Like, wash your hair more. Whatever. Your hair's fine, but... <laughs> thinking about me, I just went to the pool, I haven't washed I my hair. I think that I can improve my self-love. It's like, how much okay. do I care for myself? I can improve um, the amount of time that I am spending, like, caring for my body. And also, I can improve... Like, the effort I'm putting into my studies, maybe. How about you? Uh, eat better, not smoke, do more sports. And those are little things that you can really just simply do. Like, yes. I don't know, you could organize your cabinets and it will make your life 1% better. Whatever. And then he says, okay, now think about this. Now you have to do something that makes your life better today. Now think about something that will make your life better next week mm -hmm. do those things coincide so is loving your body or eating better or swimming in my case this exercise going to improve my life the next week okay now is it going to improve the life of every single person around you so your friends and your family why not i mean it could but not necessarily would well you have to take into consideration you are a compound effect Okay. What? Why does it happen that when somebody commits suicide, the rates of suicide in that immediate vicinity immediately shoot up? Okay. We have a net effect on each other. So if okay. you are okay and you are better, then your community is better, and that's the trajectory you have to find. Like if you want a like el mapa para un buen día, a day that you use to make you, your community, your family. Better today, tomorrow, next week, next year, forever. Okay. okay. Okay? That's the best way to make a good day. Okay. Okay. That's, I don't know, I have always had that idea. No, man, it's head. a beautiful idea. It's a bit idyllic, but it's good. Sí. Todo en teoría es muchísimo más fácil que en la práctica. Y que si me como esta pizza mañana... Yeah, the, the article, I, the article I wrote was about that. I read your article. I don't know which one. I read one that I wrote one antes, como en octubre y tal. Yeah, probably. You have to find your dog walk. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I read This one's about coffee. Oh. 
Um, yeah, I have trouble making eye contact with people. When why? I, I don't know. Look at me in the eyes. It's like, I can do it. Yeah. But uh, when I'm trying to develop an idea, I find it very distracting to... I mean, I don't know. I've always had the idea, you know, the classic people eyes are the windows to the soul part, and and I like looking at people in the eyes and making them look feel uncomfortable. Yes, it's a absolutely. power thing. It's it, absolutely. It's a total power thing, <laughs> but it's very fun. It's like when I am trying to, I you notice. It's like I look at the kitchen, I look at the window, I look anywhere else except the person I'm talking to. Well, I have a book upstairs called Snoop. It's called uh, The Power of Observation, something mm-hmm. like that. It's a really good book. It's about. Uh, I like I love psychology. Mm-hmm. I love how the human mind works, and it's about what how you what your stuff is about you. It's a, a snoop, but your stuff is about you. That's mm-hmm. the title of the book. And uh, the fun thing is, and whenever I go into a new place, everywhere I don't look people in the eyes because I'm looking at the place they are. Especially if it's like their room, mm-hmm. I like to look at their stuff because it says a lot about who they are. But I have a question. Ask. My room has nothing. Only my bed. And my, like, I have no decorations. What would that say? Well, that you are in a new... Well, I was looking at a TikTok yesterday uh, that said, like, it, when you notice that this is a new chapter, like, a new... A new... Um, um, oh, my God. The, the separation of series, you know? No. Um, so, o sea, el capítulo, no, la temporada. Season. Yeah. Uh, this is a new season in your... In your series, and that there's a new cast, and new characters, and new plot lines. You're okay. there. You're right there, and you <laughs> your your room will look different some, okay. someday. Okay. For example, um, I have two ideas. First, the thing about the eyes and stuff. I started dating this guy last semester, and he invited me for a coffee. Okay. And we went to three coffees. The first coffee. <laughs> okay. We were just talking and stuff, and I started noticing that his pupils were very big. <laughs> but he does weed, right? Okay. So I had not noticed since the beginning and I started noticing before and I was like, I am not sure if this is an effect of weed or if this was happening over time. So okay. it's like, I just let it go. Second time I saw him, when I met him, like his people were like regular sized, right? We were in an environment that had light. It's not very dark, not very light. So. Okay. And progressively I started noticing how the pupils went bigger, okay. right? And the third time we went for a coffee, <laughs> we kissed okay. for the first time. And it's like, t- I told him, you know, I can see your pupils. And it's like, what does that mean? And I was like, I know you like me because of the way you look at me and stuff. Oh my God. And then I started reading this book by Daniel Kahneman that's called Thinking Fast and Slow. Thinking Fast and Slow was very good. I haven't, I haven't read it. Finished. I haven't finished it because it's a very thick book. But it's, he says that there's like your irises are a doorway to your body and your inside because it's like it's both emotional and um physical it's like yeah your hormones and stuff they're mostly like portrayed on the yeah. sides of it and i find it to be amusing it's like even if i try to keep myself as calm as possible there are things about my yeah. being that portray how i feel there's two things. There's um, in this book Snoop, they talk a lot about body language because eighty percent of communication is nonverbal. Mm. And for example, if you look up to your left, you're remembering something. You're thinking like coming up with something. Mm-hmm. If you look up to your right, you're remembering something. If you look up to your left, you're thinking of a lie. And if you look up to your left, you're guilty. It's very. She. Yeah, it's very cool. I'm not sure if that's correct. That might be wrong in some parts. And the other thing is there's a really good series called White Collar. Uh-huh. It's in Disney right now, at least here in Spain. Uh, but it's about uh, 
burglar called Neil, Neil, Neil Caffrey. He's a white collar uh, art forger. Mm-hmm. And he's very much that uh, James Bond meets, uh, you know, Sherlock Holmes kind of person. It, es increíblemente bueno con body language y tipo I seriously believe that's a human superpower body language yes learning to read body language sí and how to use it on, the, on your favorite yeah it, it does protect emotional stability yeah it does if, you, if you're able to control that Grey's Anatomy uh, the Superman pose before uh-huh, they get to surgery yes. all that stuff is completely linked to how you yes move your body and I feel like every time you feel like you have a grasp of it, you learn that there's more levels to it. Yeah. For example, that you and stuff, when you did speeches, I feel like there was a point in which I pretty much controlled the way I moved my hands and the way I portrayed my body. But then it's like you start noticing that's something that you do in conversations, you do when you're in a class, that you do every time, every day. So it's like, can you really understand it completely well then maybe that's the journey right like finding out what level how, how far can you go in levels of yeah figuring out your own emotional stability okay i think we can end there it was very good yeah